0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Sweden-born veteran jazz bassist Bruno Rayberg. He opened up about his new 2023 album, Look Inside. He melds a lifetime of inspiration and experience into his debut solo bass album via Orbis Music with Influences for throughout his career of greatness. Since coming to the U.S. from his native Sweden in 1981, he has made 13 recordings as a leader and 30 as a sideman with the best in the business like Terry Lynn Carrington, Jerry Bergonzi, George Garzon, Kenny Werner, Donnie McCaslin, Billy Hart, and so many others enjoy this story. Nice to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out today. Oh,
1: thank you for having me.
0: My pleasure. So, you know, before we get into your brand new album, you know, we went through quite a thing with COVID. And I want to cover this before we get into your newest album, Look Inside. How did you survive that time period? And how has it changed the way that you do things now?
1: Well, you know, it was rough, but compared with a lot of people, you know um I was pretty lucky I could I could continue teaching at Berkeley um online you know remote teaching so that kept me busy and um also I had some family here um, that stayed with us my, my daughter and her his boyfriend i mean <laughs> her boyfriend at the time and stuff so um you know it wasn't it wasn't too bad the in terms of playing Obviously, um, I didn't play for a long time, but I can't even remember, but it was almost, um, yeah, many months. And But then I started doing some stuff in my driveway here, um, where I distinctly remember we played, and the neighbors came out and brought their lawn chairs and masks and all that stuff. And we were able to play, which was an amazing feeling, uh, you know, something you take for granted all these years and then just playing together with people again, was just really, really, truly amazing.
0: It must feel good now that, you know, the world's waking up, you got a new album out. How does it feel?
1: It feels great. Absolutely. And people are coming out. I'd say the places I play almost has more people than before the pandemic. Cause I think a lot of people realize how, how important it is in their lives to, to be able to, to attend live concerts. Yeah. and
0: and that's the one thing about this do the crowds feel different now? Is there a level of appreciation and energy that's different?
1: I think so. I think certainly people appreciate it more because they you know they've taken everything for granted just like I have and um they realize what a you know what a, what, a, what a great experience it is usually <laughs> to to go out to a concert and that um, goes from myself too i've been attending quite a bit of of different all sorts of stuff um since it opened up again
0: talk to me a little bit about look inside you know this is um your debut solo uh album and i'm curious how does this how did you put this together artistically and how does it feel ultimately to have this statement out there
1: it feels really great um I mean, it really, you know, had to do with the pandemic, too, because I kept practicing and and playing by myself um, as much as I, I could find the energy for. So, and it, it's something I've been wanting to do, I think, for a long time, but I've always been too busy with um, composing and, and playing with different groups and teaching. So it was kind of... Uh, the timing thing, that way that I finally I had more time to, to attend to it. And um, and I've always, you know, be, been doing like solo bass introductions to tunes, like in, in a band setting, and uh, but never really done a whole project like this. So um, a lot of the material, um, like the standard type of tunes, Prelude to a Kiss, and My Man's Gone Now, Nardis, those are tunes I've been playing sort of by my at home, without having too much of a plan around it, just for fun kind of thing. Um, so those were came natural. Um, and then I have a small home studio, so everything was recorded there, mm-hmm. which was good because I could go out and it's time really and, and just hit the record button and play something. Um, and, and it also it can also be a problem because you can say, "Well, I'll do it tomorrow again; it'll be better." Uh, whereas, if you rent the studio, you're going to have to do it that day. You know, so <laughs> yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, so you came here to the states from Sweden in 1981. I'd like to go back to the beginnings of your life, and and how did you get into jazz? What were some inspirations, and and how how did that happen for you?
1: Um. Yeah. Interesting. So i grew up on a farm in sweden um, you know kind of in the middle of nowhere um there was a city an hour away and um i remember hearing jazz on the radio um a little bit on television and, but i think there was a couple of things so my sisters they got a turntable that like the first turntable around the area and there was an album that came with the turntable that they said, well, you can play this one, but leave our LPs alone, you know. And um, much later, when I was in my 30s, I um, was uh, visiting my sister, and I discovered this album that uh, the the cover looked really familiar. Um, And and I put it on and I knew, I I just knew all the solos and all the tunes. I just remembered all of it. I could sing along with it. And there was a Johnny Hodges album, or Wild Bill Davison, on Hammond organ. Um, I think it's called Hammond a go-go, actually. Um, and uh, Milt Hinton on bass. And they play, um, you know, Green Dolphin Street, Sunny Side of the Street, Little Darling, um, Johnny Come Lately, um, and stuff like that so i must have listened to that when i was like nine ish um a lot <laughs> and um but there's also it, it was really connected with a pop group i play with and i started listening listening more and more to you know groups that would jam really jam on solos like the cream for example and jimi hendrix and then even Deep Purple, you know, the Doors. Uh, I love that, that that solo, the organ solo on the uh, "Light My Fire." You know, so I think I was really drawn to to solos uh, and and you know, instrumental solos that way and jamming. Um, and then I heard train um, on the in the in the local library, and that was that was it. The kind of sealed the deal, you know. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: what was the first live jazz show that you saw that blew you away?
1: You know, it, there was um, in the summer of seventy-three or seventy-four. Um, when I went to a jazz festival in Norway, in Kongsberg, Norway, and we saw a concert. It was a double bill um, between Art Ensemble of Chicago and then it was Tete Montelier Trio, the Spanish pianist with Nils Henning erstedt Peterson on bass, Alex Real Drums. So, wildly different um, styles of jazz, you know, and it just blew me away, both both of it, um, you know, because Art, Art Ensemble had never really, certainly never seen anything live like that. I had begun to listen to all sorts of freer styles of jazz, you know. Um, so I, I knew about it, but I'd never seen it live like that. And of course, Neil Sanninger, St. Peterson, it was just, was just an incredible bass player that he was just jaw-dropping what he could do on acoustic bass and... I'd been playing acoustic bass maybe two or three years at that point. So yeah, that 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 stands out.
0: Yeah. So you've been around a lot of really legendary, um, renowned players like Jerry Bergonzi, George Garzone, Kenny Werner, Sam Rivers. I mean, the list goes on and on. So I'm curious, what did you get from these players that you in turn give back to students and teach younger players?
1: um that's a good question the the devotion and strength in their playing and and their experience you know because all those players you mentioned and 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 it's also especially guitarist Mick Goodrick who passed away recently um he was my teacher at NEC and he Also, I I got him to play with my band after I graduated from New England Conservatory. I had a band for a while with Jerry Beganzi and Bob Moses and um, Mick Goodrick. Bruce Barth played piano sometimes. So it it was being on the bandstand, they would give me little hints, you know, of of what was good and what was not good and stuff like that. Um, But like the devotion and, and also... A lot about communicating musically and listening and, you know, making everybody else sound good in the band, Um, which I still find that that's something that younger people in general uh, have to learn, that that, um, doesn't necessarily come that naturally, which I understand because when you start playing jazz, it's really hard. It's a lot to harmonically and instrument technical stuff, um, you know, rhythmically that you have to take care of. So I feel that that takes up all your <laughs> brain space, so to speak. And it's not until you have some confidence in all those aspects that you can open it up and listen a bit more um, to, the, to your surroundings, so to speak so yeah, i think that's the main main part yeah
0: yeah so in your journey as a musician with all of the aspects from teaching to recording to playing live what do you like the best about being a professional musician or being a practitioner of
1: jazz you know it it is playing with people the community the feeling of going out and you know you're a band you're making music together it's just the that inspiration and and energy that you feel from doing that and and feeling with the audience too you know that that's just irreplaceable really so that that's the main thing
0: so on your new album what are you hoping the listener gets from this what's your ultimate hope for the listener that gets the album
1: you know it's just solo bass to me it's as I, I think I wrote in the liner notes, it it's a, has a contemplative quality to it. Um compor- compared with a really you know, dazzling solo piano thing or or saxophone maybe. Um so I I just hope that people will have a moment and where they can sit down and and just you know contemplate and meditate maybe like, like musically <laughs> uh you know and and i hope they find um enough variation between the pieces you know so it, it just take them out of the of their regular world for 40 minutes and uh and just feel some satisfaction from from that yeah excellent so
0: Everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your fans, your students, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are?
1: <laughs> wow, you're getting deep on me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, you know, it's obvious that I, I feel like I was, I was meant to play music. I, I, it was never a decision I made. Uh, really, it, you, know, um, you know, it's just something I've done since I as, long as I can remember, you know, and uh, and that's what I'm here to do. And I take it very seriously. I didn't always, I think. I took it for granted in my early 20s, etc. But I'm taking it very serious and, and I'm just feeling that this is what I've been put on this earth to do. And it's my responsibility to share it um with as many people as i can and uh it's also my responsibility to to develop develop it as far as as uh, i can um i think when i when i decided to come over here from from sweden it was a really large decision especially back then there wasn't this way before the internet it was a little bit more like a big, big leap. You know, nowadays I feel like people are communicating a lot instantly everywhere on the planet. But so, I felt that, so that was a big decision, and and I felt like when I decided to do that, uh, you know, pieces fell into place. I got student loan from from Sweden, um, so I could do it, and um, I felt like I'm going to take this as far as I possibly can you know, and see see where my limits are or 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 not. <laughs> but I was I was very devoted, yeah, and, and I feel I still am, I believe.
0: Well Bruno, if anyone wants to get the brand new album, find out more about you, anything pertaining to your world, where can they go?
1: Um, Bandcamp is the best place. Um or through my website. It's just myname.com um and it's about to be pushed out on all the streaming services on you know your itunes and amazon and, uh, and spotify corbus and on yeah all those um so that's that's where you can find the music yeah
0: excellent bruno this has been great thank you for opening up thank you for your time best of luck with the album and live shows and everything as we move forward
1: yeah my pleasure I appreciate you taking the time and, and focusing on on a solo bass album. It's not not so common.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Sweden, Boston, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Bruno for his time, energy, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find Neon Jazz interviews on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time.